You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Eric Soap here. Happy Friday to you. Excited to be joined by 2018 LC Engage member Stephanie Castellanos is here. Excited to catch up with her about life in a certain part of the city that's gotten a lot of attention these days. She's got the insight, so let's get to it. All right, Stephanie, we're talking, we're talking Inglewood today. Tell folks your connection to Inglewood. Yeah. So thank you, first of all, for having me on here. I'm really excited uh, to not just be listening, but now actually being part of the podcast. Um, So I am from Inglewood, California, which is a city right next to the airport. So if you've ever been to LAX, we are the city that is right outside of LAX. Um, And so I grew up in Inglewood and went to college about 10 Oh, with traffic, maybe like 40 minutes away at UCLA. But as soon as I graduated, I was right back home. um, And that's where I'm currently at. So lots of changes in Inglewood right now around a couple of different things that are being built. Can you share a little bit about what's some of the bigger changes that have gone under construction in the last couple of years? Yeah. So, I mean, Inglewood has always been the city of champions. So when I start off and think about Inglewood, I think about the city of champs. I think about the Lakers. I think about sports. Hollywood Park has been there. And so we've always been a city of entertainment. Um, what has happened in the last few years has quite transformed not only the community and what we're seeing there, but as you can imagine, uh, the uh, build up around what type of sports city we are. Um, and so we do have the largest and most expensive stadium in the world currently being built blocks away from my house. Um, so we are going to have an NFL stadium. In addition, um, and we can talk a little bit more about this uh, as we go, there was also um, a deal that was made to bring a Clipper Stadium to the community. In addition to the Great Western Forum, which is now known as the Forum, so formerly known as the Great Western Forum, which was purchased by Madison Square Garden a few years back and is now, I mean, just the center of concerts for L.A. in general, Um And so there's the Forum, there's the NFL Stadium, in which we'll be hosting a lot of the Olympics coming up. Um, There is the Clipper Stadium that they're talking about building very soon. And they just tore down and built back up within, I mean, it literally got, you know, demolished and within a year was back up. We have a new Hollywood Casino, which is right next to there, which will be the... Uh, really connecting. Uh, they're going to be putting a lake. They're going to be putting uh, skyrise condos at market value. They're going to be putting the same builders that built or the Grove in Orange, uh, the Grove here in LA are going to be building a very similar outdoor mall uh, right next to everything as well. So all that to say, uh, lots of billions of dollars of development are currently happening in a community that. Um, has historically been a community of color um, and also a working class community. And then what do you feel like the impact, besides all those billions of things you just mentioned, with the uh, Crenshaw line going through and near Inglewood as well? Oh, you know, you know, and I completely missed just <laughs> one of the things, you know. The other, the other billions of dollars being spent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Uh, so, I mean, not only is there the developments happening there, but as you can imagine, um, I actually, this this part I'm really excited about, of really um, having a metro line through the community where you are having, uh, there's a high park stop, there's a stop right um, in downtown Inglewood, and it'll take you straight through. So you can literally get from the airport to USC, to downtown, wrap around to MacArthur Park in in the now within uh, the next year and a half or so they'll be launching that. So we're seeing a lot of um, changes, especially in and around 
the line itself where it's being constructed. In fact, I, about three months ago, um, got my own place, uh, an apartment a block away from the future stop. So I will be really close. Um, and this is the same community I grew up in. I just ended up paying about double the price for a studio that I've ever thought I'd pay in Inglewood. <laughs> so then what do you feel like is the most progressive approach that you want to take to all the different changes, all the different moneyed interests that are coming into the city? What kind of things do you want to see happen in the next six to 12 to five, 10 years so that, um, yeah, there is still a, a progressive uh, policy vision that can be put into place? Yeah, I mean, this is exactly the opposite of what's currently happening in our community. We do have uh, a current mayor and city council that has been very irresponsible with the community development aspects of the community. Um, And so where I see it going is really being able to have leadership in office that is reflective of the needs of the community. You know, um, a few years ago, I was living in my apartment before, um, and I share a little bit, I ended up moving to Oakland for a couple of years for a new job. And when all of this was happening and the signing of, you know, getting a new stadium, I was like, I need to go back to my community. I need to organize. I need to spread the word about the impact that these types of developments could have on people like myself and my family who've grown up in Inglewood our entire lives. And would like to stay in Inglewood to enjoy these amenities that are now coming to our community. So I think the progressive lens and work that I hope takes place, and I'm currently organizing for a candidate that is running for uh, the only progressive grassroots candidate running in Inglewood, uh, Brandon Myers. And so what I hope happens is that there's responsible community development that if, for example, really understanding that these billions of dollars that are coming into our community can be funneled in to resources that the community has been lacking historically for dozens and dozens of years. Um, Our school is currently, school district is currently taken over by the state because of misuse of funds. And so what I'd hope happen is that we figure out a way that we can pay off our debt, um, that we can take control of our schools again, that we can pay our teachers more, that we can provide incentives for homeowners in the community, um, especially those that have been there for a very long time and are now seeing the price, you know, the price of their property going up. How do we, instead of, um, you know, my, my uncle who has a property right next to the new line that's going to be opening up the Crenshaw line tells me every single week he gets callers from people trying to flip his house and buy it cash like every week. And it just keeps getting more, more, like more frequent. And this is the same story that I'm hearing quite frequently. So I hope that there's opportunities to really build a capacity of people like my uncle who do own homes, but also to really get rent control in our community, because this is a very, very prime time that it will shift our entire community and what it looks like for the next 10 years, if we don't get responsible policies and practices in place. So yeah, I, I'm fired up because of that. And this is exactly why I moved back to Inglewood. Like, I'm like, if I don't go now, you know, five years from now, I go back. It's not going to be the same community. The same people I grew up with are no longer going to be in Inglewood. It's not going to be the same. So, yeah. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about rent control. That's a topic that's definitely top of mind for Inglewood and for the city as we get closer to the November election. Thanks for listening to The Zag. We'll be right back. Okay, so do I have this right? There was a move to try to get rent control on the ballot in Inglewood, but it didn't end up being successful. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is really an exa- a perfect example of the corruption that's been happening in our community, but also the 
intended effort to really uh, push out progressive people, progressive agendas out of our community because it doesn't, you know, it's not in the interest of the electeds that have had like a bunch of back end and shady deals. And so with Rent Control, Uplift Inglewood, which is an organization in Inglewood that has been organizing around tenant rights um, and also a lot of food justice uh, and education issues in the community, um, you know, rallied, organized, and got over 14,000 signatures to be able to put rent control on the ballot. But somehow our city found ways to um, say that some of those signatures were invalid and therefore we weren't able to get it on the ballot. So you won't see it on the ballot um, in a few weeks on November 6th. Um, and so that that has been something that we, um, one of the reasons why I'm endorsing and supporting a candidate currently who is his first priority is to hit, get rent control on the ballot because we don't see that happening from our current government. And then knowing what's going on in Inglewood, what's your thoughts or approach to Prop 10 and what's going on citywide with the uh, push to try to get rent control into single family homes and to have local areas have more control over what rent prices can be? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, Uplift Inglewood, uh, among other social justice and grassroots organizations in Inglewood, have really tried to rally um, uh, right now, since we weren't able to get it on the ballot, to really try to rally on Prop 10 um, and making sure that that does pass. I mean, and we do understand that that it's a starting point. Um, it's not the solution to, to a lot of the housing issues that we do see in Inglewood or really in black and brown communities in general, but it's a start. Um, and so I know that we've been organizing to not only educate folks on what it means, but um, to really have people, and, and I'll backtrack a little bit. I think something that I've learned as I've been coming, you know, organizing now versus 15 years ago when I was organizing against Walmart in our community, and we were the first city to actually defeat uh, Walmart from coming into our community, is that in a very similar way, we just needed to educate, knock on doors, and talk to people one-on-one. People are like excited. And, I, and you know, I, or, you know, we, we've, I've been an organizer for a long time and I have never seen so much excitement from like a knock on the door and people really need to open it. Um, you know, I'm used to like knocking on doors and kind of looking through the window. Hey, it's me. It's, you just you have a quick minute. And here, you know, I'm just like, Hey, buenos dias. And, and, and then they just come and open the door and they spend 10, 15 minutes talking to me about it. And, and, uh, you know, Inglewood has less than a 12% turnout rate especially for primary elections, um, even much less. My my district that I grew up in has less than a 6% turnout rate. So I think right now the work for progressives is to just educate our community about the issues, allow them to really ask questions, create spaces for them to to understand how this policy will directly impact them, whether they're homeowners. Because I know that's the fear. I think people like, I have an aunt who owns an apartment complex um, that I used to live at before. And she's, you know, I've had a lot of conversations around, you know, this idea is like, well, what about me? And me finally, you know, being able to raise the rent and make money and profit, um, than before. And so I think it's just really being able to educate that there is um, a way to mitigate that, that Prop 10 um, is a starting point. And also for for people like that to understand, you know, that um, these are people's lives <laughs> that you're impacting. And Inglewood's one of the last, quote, affordable, I'll use that in round quotes, 
communities in LA. So if they can't live in Inglewood, they've been pushed out of South Central because of USC and downtown. If they can't live in the South Bay, then I mean, there really no is no other place in Los Angeles for them to live at. If somebody asked you to tell them why they should move to Los Angeles or why they shouldn't move to Los Angeles, what do you think you would say? You know, I mean, I love Los Angeles and I think the first, you know, I'm, I was that person that after college, even I went to college in LA after college, I lived in LA. I, you know, only moved away when I was in Oakland for a couple of years, but coming back to LA has given me a very different perspective about the community that I grew up in and it gave me a different lens. And so what I would say to somebody is, you know, it, it is, it is, I mean, I struggle. I mean, I'm a young professional. Um, I graduated from college. I have choices in my career and I'm struggling to, to pay rent in, in a community that's supposed to be quote right now at this time, one of the most affordable in Los Angeles. Um, so I think something that to, to take into account is that it, it, does re- it is stressful living in Los Angeles, but um, I always attribute uh, a lot of the progressive movements that have been happening here. De- LA doesn't get enough credit. So if people are really interested in social impact work and social justice work, people would not correlate LA to this type of work. Normally, you think about different, you know, you think about glitz and glamour and and, and you know, Hollywood, but there is so much movement happening here in LA for progressives. And I think it's such a great space, particularly for progressives of color. There's a lot of small affinity groups, communities, micro um, groups that are really forming around different issues and that you can really connect yourself to. Um, that I've really been excited to be a part of, like Latinas Lead, California, of course, NLC, um, Emerge California. Um, doing that program this year has definitely just connected me to different pockets of progressives in LA. Yeah, well said. Well, listen, come to LA. It's beautiful today. It's too hot, but it's 80. Yeah. The Dodgers, hey. may, go to, yeah, the Dodgers yeah. may go to the World Series. City of Champions may actually be true. Little, yeah. Laker game last night with LeBron was exciting. So, hey, things may be looking up. There's a lot of challenges. It's nice that we have some good progressives on the case, and it's nice we have so many good listeners of the Zag. Thanks for checking out this episode. You can find all past episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. It's all there. Stay tuned for more episodes next week. Until then, enjoy your weekend. 